0: So we're looking forward to going on through the Psalms, where a summer in the Psalms is the sort of phrase that we picked up, particularly with this underlying root, if you like, of worship. There's lots and lots of things that you can draw out of the Psalms in so many ways, um, but worship is, is something that we're just wanting to highlight, magnify, if you like, as we go through the Psalms. And different speakers, different ones, will uh, be picking these up over, over the next weeks. I want to read to us today a very well known psalm, very famous psalm, um, Psalm 139. I want to read that one to you. Hopefully, it will come up on the screen. Uh, it begins, uh, certainly in the NIV, for the director of music of David, a psalm. Let me pray before we read this psalm, because it's very, very powerful and uh, very personal. Lord, we just thank you for this wonderful opportunity to worship you today. Thank you for a sense of your kingship and your lordship that we've already been drawn to. And Lord, as we read this amazing psalm, we recognise that even though you are high And lifted up, even though you're exalted and seated on a throne, you call us your children, where you are our Father. We thank you that we can come close. We thank you that we do not need to be afraid. We thank you that you draw us near. So even as we read this psalm now, we ask, Holy Spirit, would you open our hearts Open our minds, open our spiritual ears to hear your truth and let your truth go deep within us. May it bring about transformation for your glory and for your praise. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. In many other churches, they would say, this is the word of the Lord. And you would reply, thanks be to God. It's a powerful, powerful psalm, isn't it? Powerful. First little thing I want to note is that little header at the start Uh, which says, for the director of music. Actually, in some translations, it says, for the choir master. In other words, it's for congregational singing. It's for congregational singing. This is a song of worship for worshippers, and it's a response of worship that comes. In that sense, it's important to understand, it's for all of us. I think sometimes we can read some scriptures, we can read even the Psalms, and we think, oh, that's about David and what he was going for, and we can somehow disconnect ourselves. No, this is a psalm for all of us. This is speaking to all of us. It's a psalm of worship for worshippers and a response of worship. I also believe it's very relevant in our day, in our time, in that it looks at the big questions of personhood an identity. Who am I? Why am I here? How should I live and react and respond? Thanks, Pat. How should I live and react and respond? David tells us that only the Lord truly knows who we really are. Only the Lord truly knows who we really are so throughout this psalm, what we're being, what's happening is we're being invited. Invited to come and explore. Come and consider a profound truth. What is this profound truth? I have a creator. A creator who has formed me and made me and knows me. And then what he's doing is he's showing me how to respond to this incredible knowledge. There's no doubt that how we view ourselves, our identity, is vital issue for how we live our lives. You will know in your own life, you will know in the lives of those around you, how we view ourselves, the identity we have, will profoundly affect how we live our lives. And so it's so important, and none more so for us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, for those of us who call ourselves Christians. Some of you may well have had some very negative things said over you in your formative years. I did. I was one of those. Not particularly by parents, but I did have Many negative things. But whether by parents, by teachers, even by friends. And those can have a deep impact on our thinking. And as a result, the way we live and the way we act. But brothers and sisters, that is not how our Creator sees us. Amen? That's not how our Creator thinks about us. It's not how our Creator speaks about us. He sent His only Son to die for us. He sent His only Son to show us how much He loves us, how much He values us. You are valued. I want you to hear that today. You are valued one of the reasons we love the Bible, uh, people, sometimes people say, are you one of those Bible churches? Absolutely. We love the Bible. We're committed to opening it and reading from it and teaching from it. Why are we so committed to it? It's because it's full of revelation. It reveals things to us. <clears throat> Truth is revealed to us. Truth is revealed to us. Truth that comes against, indeed, breaks the lies of the enemy. We're living in a world in a day and an age where there are many, many lies that have been spoken. People are believing lies. Some of you will know the freedom in Christ material. We've used that here and you may have come across it in other churches. But one of the things about the freedom in Christ, which is a great phrase itself, isn't it? Um, that it talks about is believing the lies, that recognizing what a lie is and acknowledging them and receiving the truth. But we have an enemy who wants to whisper lies. And of course, the voice of the world will enhance that and, and negativity and things that have been spoken over us right from birth, even in the womb at times, can, can have an impact upon us. That's why we come to God's word. That's why we read a psalm like Psalm 139. And we read it out loud. Read it out loud. I encourage you. Sing it. Make up your own little tune for it. Um, but, but speak out truth. Because Jesus came that we would be set free. That truth would set us free. And a great example of revealed truth is right here at the start. You might be thinking very personally about that psalm, and I would understand that, and that would be right. But actually, David starts this beautiful song by declaring some great theological truths about God. Did you know there was theology right here in this, in this psalm? Very powerful that he is omniscient, Whoa, we're getting into some some stuff now. He's all-knowing. He's omnipotent, all-powerful. He's omnipresent, all everywhere at once. The Lord is omniscient and omnipresent. He fully exists everywhere at once. He alone knows everything. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise you perceive my thoughts from afar you discern my going out and my lying down you're familiar with all my ways now you might say mum and dad have got mum's got eyes in the back of her head she seems to be able to see things I tell you, God is at another whole level than mum you're familiar with all my ways before a word is on my tongue you know it, he knows Now, if you've been uh, living together with a partner for a long time, sometimes you finish each other's sentences and so on. But before a word is on my tongue, you know it, O Lord, completely. Just want to say here, some of us might say, I am an internal processor. I have to think about things. Yeah, he's with you, internal processors. How many internal processors here? I need to think before I speak. There we are. Well, he's your Lord. Some of us need to talk about it, and some of us talk too much, I know, all right, we're external processes, come on, if you want to know what I'm thinking, you need to talk to me, okay, well, before a word is even on my tongue, he knows it, okay, so internal processes, external, all of us, in other words, however we are made, so he's omniscient he knows he's omnipresent he's there all everywhere at once where can i go from your spirit might be going into a difficult situation difficult circumstance you feel like it feels like the lord is far away i want to tell you he may feel to you like he's far away but he's right there with you because i cannot go away from his spirit where can i flee from your presence Wherever I go, you are there. This makes an almighty, all-powerful God. There is great truth that is vital for us to get hold of, and it, of course, leads us to worship. We'll come back into that in a moment. But as we get hold of this truth, it will shape our thinking. It will shape the way we live. It will shape our choices and decisions what we do with our money, as we think about our workplace, all of those things, because I have someone who is greater than I, my creator, my maker, my sustainer, he knows. Lord, I've got some big questions at the moment, but his voice comes and says, it's okay, I know. It's okay, I know. Now, I very much believe in free will as well as the sovereignty of God. And so there is this, as we said, this cooperation with God. He does know. So you say, well, if he knows, does that make me a robot? No, I have choice and decision, but I have this incredible promise that he is with me as I take those steps. He's with me. Isn't it wonderful? Can you feel worship, thanksgiving rising up within you? But here's another powerful thing. It's not just that God knows everything; He knows me. It's not just that God is everywhere; He's everywhere with me. It's not just that God created everything; He created me. He created you. He's with you. So so often, isn't it, when we hear sermons or we read scriptures or whatever? Oh, that's for them. Well, that's for her. It's for him. No, it's for you. It's for you. Now I can understand that these truths might be a real challenge, even even a threat. Where can I go? You hem me in. I can't get away. I can I can see how it could be read like that. Where can I go? I, I want to get away from God, but the Scripture, you hem me in. I can't get away. Those feelings, those emotions, we need to recognise what they are, where they come from. They take us back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. Adam and Eve, it says that they felt shame. Our earthly parents, our first early parents felt shame when they realised, it says, that they were naked. What did they try and do? They hid from God. And there is this very unusual scripture, particularly based on what I've just said now, there, where it says God went looking for them in the garden. Surely he knew where they were. But there's something profoundly that gets broken in that moment. There's this separation. Even before they're separated in the garden and, and, and put out of the garden, there's already this separation. Where are you? I well, I hid, said Adam. Why did you hide? Well, because I'm naked. What does God say? Who told you you were naked? Shame comes in. And so they try to cover themselves with organic matter, leaves of some sort. We know that shame. We can feel naked. We can feel exposed. We can feel the need to hide from God. I haven't got time to go into all of the story and the great, God's big story of that. But what does God do? He comes to cover them. What does he cover them with? Skin of an animal. How do you get the skin of an animal? It has to die. Blood has to be shed. And he covers them. Brothers and sisters, it should be a great comfort to us, not a shame, not terror, Yes, we have a creator who sees all and knows all, but in Christ we have been clothed. We have been covered in Jesus' righteousness. We've been covered in Jesus' righteousness. Yes, our Father, our creator, sees everything, but he looks at us through a set of lenses. He looks at us through the lens of the cross of Christ. He looks at us and he sees that our sin is covered by the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. By his precious blood. Where can I go from your presence? I need to hide. There's a shame. (coughs) The enemy wants to take us away into that place of hiding and shame. And the father says, no, you're covered in the blood of my son. You're covered in his death. He sees the sin-forgiving death of the Lord Jesus. But do you know what else he sees? He sees us seated with Jesus in heavenly places. We've been raised with him, buried with him. Great to see some of the guys are being baptized. We didn't leave you under the water, did we? We we let you come back up. We've been raised with him and now we're seated with him in heavenly places. And as the Father looks, he sees. He sees our position. So we're held in his omnipotent, all-powerful hand. He's in control with a power that is greater than death. Hallelujah. He never lets go of our hand. And so the psalmist is saying, however dark it might get, however dark it might feel, he doesn't let go. So that when I awake, I'm still with you. When I'm awake, I'm still with you. That's why we keep asking the Holy Spirit to fill us. Keep filling us. Why? Because he brings us to the Father. He's a spirit of revelation and truth. That's why we need to keep saying, Lord, I leak. I've knocked up against the world today. I need to be filled. Be being filled, says Ephesians. Why? Because he leads us to the Father through the Son. And he, he reveals to us our true identity. The spirit of this age, Scripture says, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. And So we don't want to turn to the spirit of this age. We don't, we, we, there's, there's some great things out there, some great helpful things out there. But what we are always wanting to do is to say, what does the Bible say? What does God want to speak into me? Holy Spirit, I want you to fill me. I want you to bring revelation to me. Because the, what the Holy Spirit does is reveals our true identity. And as revelation comes, worship breaks out. Worship. I thank you, Father, that you have revealed to me that. And worship comes out. Worship and praise for the wonder of God's creative work and power that is displayed in my life and in yours. Now pastorally I'm aware that this psalm has the potential to be deeply personal. There is truth in this psalm that no doubt will press buttons even as I read it just now. Each of us will have different stories. For some of us, they'll be hard, painful stories. I'm aware that some of us may even have been told that we were conceived by mistake. Or that somehow we were unwanted. That can have a deep impact on your life. Occasionally, even one or two of us may have had to live with the knowledge that our mother tried unsuccessfully to end our lives before we were even born. I don't want to diminish or dismiss that pain, that suffering that can occur from such situations. It's real. You have to work that through. But what I do also know is that although I can't always see it or understand it, God has a purpose and a plan for every single one of us. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. Amen? You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. Before you were even formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, says your creator. Now, there may have been trauma. There may have been all sorts of... And and there are questions that... Pastorally, 35, 40 years of pastoral experience, I can't answer some of those questions. But what I do know is that Psalm 39 says what it says. And I believe the word of God and I stand on the word of God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I said to Steve, I wanted us to come back to worship. It may be that some of you need to get on your knees. Not quite yet, Steve's right. But maybe you want to get on your knees and just come before the Lord. Maybe there's healing. Maybe you just want to be before the Lord. If there's somebody you know and trust here, you can ask them to pray with you. If you'd like Ashley or I or someone else that you recognize here to, to pray with you. But let's, let's receive this truth. But don't allow the enemy to turn you to bitterness. But turn it to worship, turn it to thanksgiving. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. All your days. I always remember this character. Some of you, New Frontiers history. Remember, there was a man called Rambabu. He's a real character Indian, amazing guy. He used to say, I can be in a room with your SAS best soldiers, and I will not die until the Lord says. (laughs) I always remember him saying that. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them. But you know, as we get hold of a truth like that, that doesn't mean we do stupid and rash things like jumping off of cliffs just for fun, whatever. But what it does mean is that we can trust the Lord as we step out in faith with big decisions at times, big steps, because the Lord is working with us, utterly sovereign over timing of our birth and our death. Please hear that. Utterly sovereign over the timing of our birth and our death. Every single one of you has a unique part to play in the sovereign plan and purposes of God. Can I have an amen? Amen. (laughs) And a revelation of that can become simply revolutionary in my life. When we know who we are, why we're here, it changes everything. When we receive and believe the truth that we are who the Lord says we are, then there is a supernatural transformation that starts to go on. And there is a response that rises up from deep within me. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Pastorally, I've had the privilege over the years of of seeing people who've been walking in in, 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 almost in a, a death-like way, living with bitterness, living with pain, living with shame, living with um, things that have been said and done. And God comes and there is a revelation that revolutionises their life. Utterly changes. Their very facial demeanour changes. I've seen it. I've seen people... People, you know, sometimes people will walk with a frown. They live with this pain. Almost they live with pain that's shown on their face. Jesus comes. Identity in Christ begins to be spoken into them. They receive salvation. And there is a transformation of their very body. Their demeanour. Now just before we go back to worship, getting closer, Steve. I want to touch on these last couple of verses that quite often are skipped over. You're going, I don't know about you, even when we're reading them just now, you go, what's that, what's that got to do with it? We've got this lovely, beautiful psalm. Um, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God, when I'm awake, I'm still with you. Verse 19, if only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you earth bloodthirsty. It's like, what? Hang on. <laughs> What's, what's, what's going on? But it's there. It's in Scripture and it's in the psalm. Interestingly, there's a link straight back to Psalm 1 that Ashley unpacked so wonderfully for us last week. Ashley said that in many ways, Psalm 1 gives the shape and the overview to the whole of the rest of the psalms. Can you remember what the first two verses of Psalm 1? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. Those verses help us to understand these unusual verses In Psalm 139, as she said, in many ways, Psalm 1 is put there as an overview, looking over and an insight into all of the Psalms. And right there in verse 1 and verse 2, there is a decision, there's a choice that is being invited to be made where blessing will come for those who do not walk. And he gave that wonderful little illustration about walking, standing and then ultimately sitting. Finding ourselves in that place of sin, disobedience, living with, listening to those who are against God, not towards God. And that is what you find in Psalm 139. Basically, he's finishing the prayer of Psalm 39, he's finishing the psalm with a prayer That having had this revelation of God's creative power and God's creative work in his life, he's asking that the Lord would purify him. He's asking the Lord to keep him away from evil. He's asking to live as the person he was created to live. He's looking to God. He's looking to his Creator Just like the person in Psalm 1, just like the person in Psalm 1, he realises he must renounce, cut off all ties with evildoers. He asks the Lord to search his heart so that he can walk in the way everlasting. Or some translations say, in the way of eternity. Help me to make good choices. Help me to make right choices. I don't want to be with those who turn against you. I don't want to be with those who are denying your creative uh, ordinance in my life. I don't want to be with those who say, ah, dismiss. No. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You know everything about me. I want to walk in your ways. I want to step away. Doesn't mean that I leave all non-Christians. But I want to make active choice and decision to fix my eyes on you. I want to look at the things that you love. I want to walk in the ways that you call me. Whatever your background whatever your upbringing, as you come to Christ, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, I want to say this, you find your true identity in God. Then the words of this psalm begin to become a song of freedom, a song of joy, a song of worship. Worship is not just singing. Worship is a way of life. See, when we know who we are and why we are here, it changes everything. When we believe that we are who the Lord says that we are, it will mean nothing less than a total revolution of our thinking, of our speech, indeed the whole of our lives. Can I invite the band to come up? Can we stand just for a moment? I'd like to speak some great words of truth over us. Let's stand together. We've got to few moments. I'd love us to worship. I've asked Ashley if he'll just be open to God just help us to shape these moments together as well. But you might just like, if you want to, to close your eyes. You don't have to, but just receive some more truth from God's word that really just flows from what we've been saying this morning. You are God's workmanship you are God's workmanship you are a child of God you are completely forgiven because of Jesus' death you are cleansed of your past You are loved by God the Father. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, You are the light of the world as He shines through you. You are an heir, an inheritor of the riches of God's kingdom. You're a new creation. You're a friend of Jesus. You are free from condemnation. You're a citizen of heaven. You are protected from the devil. You are seated with Christ in heaven. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are utterly secure in God's hands. You are who God says you are. Believe it, praise God for it and live it out in the whole of your life. Let's respond. Let's respond. There may be personal things. There may be things that you just need to deal with. There may be somebody you need to go and ask for prayer. There may be a response of worship. Just let it, let the Spirit come and draw that response from you right now. We just say, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you you're here with us. Thank you even now. There's healing going on. There's inner healing. Thank you. There's revelation that's happening, even this morning. Help us as we worship, as we lift our heads and lift our hearts. Help us with choices and decisions that we need to make, maybe even this afternoon, tomorrow, and the days ahead. Draw worship from us. Help us to declare the praises of the one who called us out of darkness into his marvellous light. Help us to worship. Help us to respond. In Jesus' name.